Also known as Intern Rich, alongside me. Armando Vacilan, Armando Rumba en la calle, Armando La Gozadera, Armando Dele. Armando? Doing good. I'm also known as Team Leader. Uh, you can follow me at Thunder Crespo. Team Leader, why is that? Because uh, I keep us together. I'm like the glue. I make you guys go. You're like the you're like the bridge between us and Dale. Yeah, I'm like the Red Ranger. I'm like the I'm like Leonardo. I'm like. Yeah, but Jason Taylor. Everybody hates Leonardo, don't they? Fuck. Yeah, you kind of. So you know what? You are just like Leonardo then. <laughs> <laughs> can Can I just yeah. say one thing before we get started? I was right about Dak Dak Prescott. Fuck everyone who said he's gonna be good. He's startable. Fuck you guys. It's only been one week, man. I'm just saying he's not. He wasn't worth the start. A rookie quarterback. Dallas does not have a good history of having another quarterback besides Tony Romo over the past ten years. Why would you start Dak Prescott? I'm looking at you, Phil. You fucked up. So because he had a bad week one then, you don't think he should be started anymore? I'm just saying it wasn't a good idea to start him week one, I think. Like I said, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford should have been started over him, much safer than Dak Prescott. All right, well, we'll go We'll go ahead and we'll talk about the quarterbacks in a few moments here. Uh, this is a special episode here. It's just going to be me and Armando here tonight. So you guys are in for a nice short podcast with no bullshit and a lot of information in it. All right. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Armando, before we get into it? No. Um, well, yeah, I'm 3-0 and versus everyone else losing a couple games in our in all our leagues. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm the best. Yeah, quick listener league update. Uh, just like Armando said, he's 1-0 and in his league. I believe Brito and Dale also lost in their listener league, and I also lost in the listener league game. So the three of us are 0-1. Armando is the only one, surprisingly, to have won his game. Um, that's more the exception and not the rule. Armando's not that good, guys. Mm. <laughs> hey, right. what's going on? What's going on with your boat? Um, you know, it's coming together. We uh, we're, we're getting the ceiling and roofing up. Uh, finished painting already, so yeah, probably another week or two before it's uh, it's ready to go. Okay, all right. You gonna sail it down to Miami? Go all around oh, yeah. South America? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive as shit. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys probably noticed um, I sound a little sick. I'm getting over that, so apologize for the quality of the audio there. But let's go ahead and get right into our news and notes. News and notes. <clears throat> All, All right. right. So we've got... Go ahead. Well, go ahead. No, no, go for no, it. No, you no, wanna, no, 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 go, go ahead. I, I want to do the Russell Wilson stuff. Go ahead. All right. So we'll go ahead and we'll talk about a few a few little pieces of news and notes that went that happened over the weekend. Of course, Zach Ertz, he is dealing with a displaced rib after Sunday's game against Cleveland. Now, he didn't fracture any of his ribs, but apparently his, his first rib, that upper rib, is lodged under his collarbone, which that just sounds painful. I, I pushed down on my collarbone, and I'm already feeling a little little discomfort. Because <laughs> you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be the opposite then? Wouldn't I barely feel it if I pressed down on it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> the injury occurred in the first quarter, though, so, but Zach Ertz, he was able to play throughout the rest of the game. So we'll have to go ahead. If you own Zach Ertz, just keep an eye out on the injury for the rest of the week. See what the uh, Philadelphia Eagles injury report lists him as on Wednesday. I would definitely – we're not. he's not on a waiver list, but Selleck would be interesting because he did he did target his tight ends, and Selleck has proven to be, uh, you know, 
relevant. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Russell Wilson. He did suffer an ankle injury on Sunday's loss. I mean, Sunday's win to the Dolphins. Sorry. Got a little excited. Um, he, was, he has not been wearing a boot, but he is in pain. And I just want to tell everyone, I told you so. He was a sitting duck the entire game after the injury. You know, it's a bad O-line. He's going to get hit again. It's going to be ugly. Just keep an eye on Russell Wilson and definitely get a backup option, in my opinion. I've been talking about it for a while. O-line's terrible. Just keep an eye on Russell Wilson. He's going to get hit a lot this year. Yeah, his his mobility was was clearly affected after that hit that he took against the Dolphins. Uh, you could see it just the very next play. He, he he hiked the ball and he didn't even move a single step. And then he did like a little sidearm throw. Uh, that was right before they taped up his ankles. Once he came back in the game, though, uh, you know he did lead his team to the win. Unfortunately, against the Dolphins. Uh, but moving on, Chris wait, wait, Ivory. He's gonna he's gonna get pumped up with drugs before next week. He's gonna be okay, but he's gonna keep getting hit. Just keep an eye on, on it. Uh, that's what happens when you're a mobile quarterback. You're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Ivory has finally been released from the hospital Tuesday afternoon with an undisclosed medical issue. Unless Chris Ivory has a quick recovery. I mean, it looks to be another busy week for TJ Yeldon. I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, Jay Ajayi will be rejoining the Miami Dolphins this week after being left behind for the trip to Seattle for week one. Did you Do you know what happened with Jay Ajayi, Armando? Yeah. Um, apparently, he was a crybaby all preseason after they signed Arian Foster. And he had a really poor attitude. Uh, in That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bitch. Come on, act professional. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about you, act professional. Jay Ajayi, you're a professional. If you didn't win the job, get mad at yourself and get better. Exactly. Well, I mean, if he doesn't get better, they have three other good options. Kenyon Drake, Isaiah Peed, and Damian Williams all prove they can run the ball in the preseason. So, Jay Ajayi, you better get his shit together or he's going to be out. Yep. And Sammy Watkins suffered a foot injury during Sunday's game against the Ravens as well. He was a non-participant during Tuesday's practice, um, and he's expected to try to play through the pain. Let me guess, Armando, you're going to tell us again that you told us so? I'm not going to tell you I told you so, but you should listen to me. So so you told us so then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dale. Dale's hurting real, real bad. He, he went all in on the Bills this year, and uh, yeah, he fucked up. Never go all yeah. in on one team. Yeah, he also drafted Keenan Allen, which, by the way, if you guys haven't heard, which I'm sure 99.99% of the audience has, but he has torn his ACL, Keenan Allen, and he will be out for the remainder of the year. So that is definitely unfortunate. Before the injury, he had, I think it was six catches for like 60-some-odd yards. He was ridiculous. He He was on pace to be awesome. (laughs) Just like last year, right? He was on pace to be awesome. Dead. That's that's the the story of his life right there, on pace to be awesome. They should give out a, a ribbon with that on it. Jeez, that's pretty sad. <laughs> well, with all these injuries, though, I mean, I'm sure the everybody wants to hear about who to pick up on the waivers list. So we'll go ahead and we'll get into our very first waiver wire preview. Preview. Do we have a drop for this? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Do we? I can. I can do it. Preview. Preview. Waiver wire previews. We gotta think of a cooler name. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll start off with the quarterbacks then, Armando. Uh, do you want to go ahead and start it off for us? Yeah, well, I've been preaching about this guy all preseason. Um, it's Brock Osweiler. He sat behind Peyton Manning for three years. There's no reason why he wouldn't be awesome this year. I drafted him. Um, he went 22 for 35, 231 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He also had four rushes, 14 yards. Doesn't mean anything. 
He's going to be going against the Chiefs next year, next week, and they got 388 passing yards last week. Um, you know, it was a crazy game last week. I don't think that's going to happen again. But Brock Osweiler is definitely worth an ad. He does have some ridiculous weapons over there, which we'll talk about a little later, and Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. So he's definitely worth an ad if you're hurting for a quarterback, if you lost RG3 if for some reason. He was a guy, or you had uh, your two-quarterback league. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, another quarterback who is Alex Smith. He's 21% owned in uh, 21% leagues. He went 34 for 48 last week, 363 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, He does face a tougher test in week two against the Texans, uh, but Jay Cutler did have some success against them in week one for what that's worth. Uh, The Texans gave up 258 passing yards last week to Jay Cutler. So Alex Smith, he's a better quarterback. He should be able to go ahead and get better production there as well. I feel like every year we talk about Alex Smith being a waiver wire pickup. He's a good quarterback. He does run the ball when he can. He's definitely a bi-week starter. But don't expect massive numbers from him. Every year he teases us with success and then, you know, just becomes mediocre or throws one touchdown. So it's not an offense built for an elite quarterback. So he's just a bi-week starter, in my opinion. Yeah, same with the next quarterback, Joe Flacco. He's currently 18, owned in 18% of leagues. Last week, he went 23 for 54, 258 yards and a touchdown. He didn't throw any interceptions. Uh, the good thing, what I liked about it is that he was able to spread the ball a ton to his receivers. He had four receivers with at least three receptions, which is nice. And he's going up against the Browns next week, who they gave up 270 passing yards uh, last week. So should be a pretty good matchup there. Um, should be fun to watch. So we'll see what happens there. If you guys are in need of any quarterbacks, obviously the three guys that we picked here, which one would you rather have out of those three, Armando? I think Brock Osweiler has the highest ceiling. Um, he does have the best weapons as well. That's why I would rather have him. Alex Smith is the safest guy of the three. Um, you you could start him any bye week, or if you lose someone, he's definitely someone I feel comfortable plugging in for the rest of the season. I mean, I when I lost Aaron Rodgers a couple years back, I plugged in Alex Smith. He took me right into the playoffs, into the second, third round, so I was fine. So I definitely trust Alex Smith if I really need someone, but Brock Osler has that ceiling or has that really high floor. or ha- Yeah, he has that big ceiling, right? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Get Brock okay. Osler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, moving on to the running Wait, backs. What, what about you? Do you agree with that? or? Yeah, I am. I I probably would go. This this is a tough. This is a tough thing because Alex Smith and Brock Osweiler both going up against you know pretty good defenses. Obviously, the Chiefs gave up more more uh, more production to the to the quarterbacks last week than the Texans did. So in this case, I'd probably go Brock Osweiler over Alex Smith. What about year long? Year long. Mm. That, see, see, we're, we're dipping into the unknown here because we know that Alex Smith can give you some exactly. production for for the quarterback. But Brock Osweiler, I mean he he did show he, he did show that he he he's going to be just fine in in Houston at the quarterback position. So I'd rather take the upside of Brock Osweiler and see what he can develop into. But if you're looking for somebody safe, like you said, then go with Alex Smith. Cool, I agree. Yeah. All right, so we're now uh, we're going to dip into the running back position. Uh, we have Tevin Coleman as our first running back. He's 42% owned. He had 13 touches for 117 yards, 95 receiving yards. That is fucking ridiculous. He's yeah. been going up, He's going to be going up against the Raiders last week, next week, and he, they gave up 88 yards. You know, it was a weird-ass game against the Raiders, so I don't know what you could take from that in all reality. But Devin, Tevin Coleman is definitely worth an add if he's available. Big if he's available because Freeman's out there too, so... We've, we've been hearing about this all preseason, so it's just interesting to see it actually play out. It really hurts Freeman's value, so it, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he had he had two fewer touches than the number one running back from last year. 
you know. So the reports were that it was it, w- it was going to be looking more like a timeshare in Atlanta. None of us believed, at least I didn't believe it, because how are you going to put the number one running back into a timeshare? Um, and apparently that's what it looked like here in the first game. I mean, they, they, they split the touches pretty evenly. Really what, what separated them was the receiving production. Uh, Tevin Coleman had the 95 yards receiving compared to Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, Freeman, he, he only averaged about 2.6 yards per touch to Tevin Coleman's 9 yards per touch. So significant difference there. They're going up against the Raiders, who didn't give up a lot of rushing yards last week, but that's mostly because the Saints had a lot of production in the air. Oh, so yeah. so we'll, we'll definitely see you know, what these Atlanta running backs can go ahead and do against the Raiders. Personally, I'm, I'm still rolling out Devontae Freeman with 100% confidence, and I'm hoping that the first week was, was, was an, an anomaly and not you know, what, what's going to be happening every week. 100% you know? confidence? Richard, that's a bit bold. Yeah, bit I mean, if, if, if I have Devontae Freeman, I have to play him. Right. Well, I have this is the this is the pickle I'm in. You tell me what to do. I have Gurley, who I'm starting. I have Freeman, Melvin Gordon, and T.J. Yeldon. Who do you bench? You have to bench that's one. A, that's a pretty good predicament to be in. <laughs> this is my um, listener league lineup, by the way. Okay, go ahead and, and run that by me again. Yeldon against San Diego. Melvin okay. Gordon against against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, and then Freeman against. Who's he going against the Raiders? Okay. And then who was your fourth one? I have Gurley as well, who I'm not benching. Gurley. Okay. Well, you got Gurley going up against the Seahawks, and he didn't look that good yesterday. It would be – the bold move would be to bench Gurley, but nobody's going to advise you to do that. No. Is that your advice, Richard? Are you going to go on a limb here? It's you PPR. Can't, you can you can't bench the number one running back in you know you know as far as ADP goes. Um, so you said Yeldon, you said Gurley, you said Freeman, and who was the fourth one again? Gordon. Gordon. I just traded away Corral. Yeah, I just traded Corral for Emmanuel Sanders to fill the Keen Allen hole. Um, yeah, in that in that case, I mean, I'd I'd feel most comfortable probably benching T.J. Yeldon in that case because I I'd I'd rather have Gordon on the field, I'd rather have Gurley on the field, and even though Week One wasn't good, I'd rather have Freeman on the field. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going for as well. I, well, yeah, T.J. Yeldon did not look good. I mean, he produced fantasy points, which is what matters, but he didn't look good. Yeah. All right, right. Uh, the second running back was Theo Riddick. He is owned in 34% of leagues. He had a total of 12 touches for 108 yards and two touchdowns, one on the ground and one receiving. Uh, He is going to be going up against the Tennessee Titans next week, who gave up 65 rushing yards and 236 passing yards in week one. Uh, What do you think of Theo Riddick there? I mean, I think he should be owned in pretty much all leagues, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, it was looking like a 50-50 split. I mean, it was more leaning towards Abdullah, but Theo Riddick looked amazing, and he's definitely worth an add. Abdullah was quite awful last year, and Theo Riddick came on strong at the end of last year. So he's definitely worth an add if if you really need a running back or if you want some upside. I mean, Abdullah has... Does have injury concerns in the past, so he's definitely worth a stash and seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean, as far as the rushing goes, the the bulk of the productivity is going to be coming from Amir Abdullah. He had 12 carries last week to Theo Riddick's 7 carries. Um, now, of course, Theo Riddick was able to produce more rushing yards per carry than Amir Abdullah, but that's not going to be the rule every week. That's not going to happen every week. Um, you well, know, he's a better running back. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, the 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 value for Theo Riddick is going to come in the receiving game. I mean, he had 63 yards last week and a receiving touchdown and 45 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Okay, he's able okay. To pro- 
Who would you rather have the rest of the season, Amir Abdullah or Theo Riddick? Pick one. Theo Riddick. Okay. What about you? I think I'll take Amir Abdullah. You'll take Amir Abdullah. Okay. All right. Moving I on think, then, Jake. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna move on. What were you gonna say? <laughs> no, I just think Theo Riddick's been in the in the NFL for a while, and I just you know if he hasn't done it before, like maybe I mean obviously he's coming on hot now, but I just don't see it staying staying. Like well, this I mean at all. he. He he led the he led the position last year in receptions. I think he had like what was it eighty receptions last year from the running back position. Um, you know he he showed that he's 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 gonna be productive this year. He had a great week one. I mean he's not gonna get two touchdowns every single week, but he is gonna produce for not only in the rushing end but the receiving end more. I agree. All right. Uh, next up would be James White, who had six total touches for forty-four yards, including five receptions for forty yards. He did have seven targets in the receiving game. Uh, his value is gonna is really for the PPR leagues and in standard leagues. I don't think I'm ready just yet to own him in a standard league. What about you, Armando? Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, I currently own him in a standard league. It's standard keeper. Um, I have him in that league. I'm stashing him. I have no use for him unless I, you know, start losing running backs. He's fine if he, someone needs a running back, trade him away. Just stash him if you can grab him. If he's a, if he's there and you can get him as a, as a waiver wire pickup, if you're like 12th, go ahead and grab him and stash him in case something happens. James White does catch the ball really well, and he is going to get the targets. Seven targets is a lot for a running back, so he's definitely worth a stash. All right, and the last running back on our list is Chris Thompson, who is currently owned in 24% of leagues. He had six total touches last week for 39 yards and a touchdown. Now, the 39 yards might not sound like much, but he did score a touchdown, and he was, in fact, the better running back in Washington last week. Yeah, he was averaging like 5.9 yards a carry last I checked, which was pretty good in comparison to, I think, Matt Jones was in the low low twos or high twos. It was awful. Yeah, um, something to, something to keep an eye on there because I mean, as the weeks go on, if Matt Jones continues playing how he did in Week One, and Chris Thompson continues on his production, we could see a switch there on the depth chart. Yeah, I, I feel like Chris Thompson has his role, and it's completely different from Matt Jones. And Matt Jones is in danger of losing his job to other running backs. Rob Kelly did not get a carry this year, this week, but you know, if, if Matt Jones continues looking like Dookie, why not give the ball to Rob Kelly or the other guy that's injured? It's just a matter of time if Matt Jones keeps looking like shit. Yep, we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the wide receivers, and we've got uh, a total of eight wide receivers here to go over, so we'll go ahead and we'll go through them pretty quickly. Uh, number one, we have Wolf Fuller, who is owning 61% of leagues. What was his production this week, Armando? He had five catches for 107 yards and one touchdown. He's going up against the Chiefs that gave up 388 yards. It was a wonky game, we said that before, so I don't know how much you could take from that, but... In my opinion, with Will Fuller, he's going to be viable as a fantasy starter moving forward. But to see these numbers going, I think they wanted to catch a team off guard. They knew that they had DeAndre Hopkins. They knew that he was going to be covered. Will Fuller was going to be open. I don't feel like that's going to be. this is going to be the case throughout the entire season. He's not going to come out and have 100 yards and a touchdown every game. But he is. He showed he has talent. He has that ability. Definitely worth a stash. I, I don't feel comfortable starting him yet. But depending on how you know it does week two and three, he's definitely worth starting moving forward after that. All right. What do you what do you take away from his from his total targets? He had eleven targets compared to DeAndre Hopkins, who only had eight targets. I definitely think it was a game plan. I think they planned on targeting Will Fuller because Hopkins was going to get the Eric Berry treatment, um, and he's going to be double covered. So they knew Will Fuller was going to be open. So I feel like there was just game planning. I don't think there was anything more than that. 
All right. Number two would be Tajay Sharp, who is currently owned in 46% of leagues. He did have seven catches for 76 yards. He didn't make it into the end zone, but he did have 11 targets. And he has a pretty nice matchup this week against the Detroit Lions, who gave up 450 passing yards to the Indianapolis Colts. So would you consider Tajay Sharp a start this week? No, 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 no. I don't I don't like starting rookies after just one good game. Personally, I definitely think he's worth it. If he's, if he's available, grab him for sure. Um, but... I wouldn't start him. There's no way in hell. I mean, considering we're only in week two, I'm just going to go with the guys I draft and see what happens after week. Maybe week three I start considering if he does this again. But right now, stick with the guys I, I drafted. Well, he, he is the clear-cut number one receiver, though, in, in Tennessee. You can say that. Well, yeah, I, I agree that Tazay Sharp is a clear-cut number one right now. But I feel like Andre Johnson got so much preseason love. He was getting targets all over, all over the field preseason. Last week in week one, Andre Johnson also got seven targets, which is quite a bit considering Andre Johnson was considered dead and no one drafted him. So as well as Tazay Sharp being a waiver wire pickup, I know we haven't talked about Andre Johnson being on this on this right now, but I think Andre Johnson is definitely worth a look and someone to keep track of because he is getting targets. And if he can find, find a piece of himself this season, he's definitely worth a stash. Yeah, I mean, he was the second most targeted receiver on the team last week. So uh, something to keep an eye out, just like you said. Uh, we'll go. Out. You, you mentioned that you wouldn't you wouldn't start Tajay Sharp at least not yet, simply because you're not you don't like to start rookies after one good performance. This next guy, he's probably the furthest <laughs> the, the furthest thing away from from a rookie. Uh, that's Mr. Steve Smith Senior, who's currently owned in 47% of leagues. He had five catches last week for a very low 19 yards, and he didn't have any touchdowns, but he did have nine targets. Uh, what do you think about Steve Smith going up against the Cleveland Browns next week, who did give up 270 yards in the first week? Well, it's Steve Smith. Last year he started off so fucking hot, and definitely I I, I grabbed I traded for the guy. So yeah, I think did. I, I traded him to, from you. I don't know what I gave you. I guess I got Steve Smith, and I traded Steve Smith away before his injury. But yeah, I feel like Steve Smith is definitely someone you should grab. Again, five catches for 19 yards isn't a lot, and he did have a serious injury. So maybe that's just just showing like just 19 yards. Maybe they'll move over to Perryman and Mike Wallace because they did show some more flashes. Um, but if he's getting that many cat, uh, targets, definitely worth nine targets is a shitload. That yep. is a lot of targets. So he's definitely worth a pickup, but there's no way I'm going to start him until I see some some sort of uh, performance after the catch. Yeah. And, of course, Mohamed Sanu is the next one up. He's owned in 45% of leagues. Uh, this guy, he had five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. He had a better stat line than Mr. Julio Jones. He did have eight targets. But the bulk of his yardage came on a 59-yard catch. So really, for when it wasn't the, besides that 59-yard catch, he was four catches for 21 yards. So he does have a good matchup this week against the Raiders, who gave up over 400 yards passing. Uh, definitely grab him if he's available in your league, because he can be somebody that you can plug in, um, you know, maybe on a bye week, or if you need a low-end flex player, you can go ahead and throw him in. Yeah, just to note, he did limp off the field. Um, we're still waiting on details on how serious that is. I'm sh- I hear it's fine, but just something to keep track of. If it turns out he might miss the week, just don't grab him. But uh, yeah. obviously, <laughs> um, just pay attention where how he's feeling and you know see how it's coming out. But he did limp off the field, so it's something to know. He is definitely worth a pickup. If he's fine going into week two, definitely grab him. But just keep track of what his status is going into week two. Yep. Next up is Mike Wallace, who's owned in 35% of leagues. He had three catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had six targets on the day. Personally, I'm not a, I'm not a Mike Wallace believer just yet. Um, what about you? I'm a Mike Wallace. I'll put him on my bench. 
I mean, if he can, if he does this all season, sure. I mean, he could be Tory Smith all over again, or oh, the old Tory Smith, and he could find his form again. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not starting him. There's no way in hell I'm starting him. But 91 catches and a touchdown. That's that's what you're going to see from Mike Wallace if he if he does show up. It's going to be three catches, six targets, and 91 yards. That's pretty much what you are going to expect. Yeah, it, ever- it was it, it was a great route that he ran. He he had the receiver behind him. Joe Flacco led him with the pass. He caught it. He ran it into the end zone. It was it was a pretty nice play. Uh, but I'm not trusting him yet. If it wasn't for that, I mean, he would have had what 20, you know, like not even 30 yards receiving for the day with two catches. Yeah. So exactly. You know, we'll have to go ahead and wait and see what he does this week. Uh, Eli Rogers was the next wide receiver here. He's owned in 13% of leagues. He had six catches for 59 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Now, the amount of targets that he did receive, it could be due to Wheaton missing the week. Uh, but we'll see how much attention Big Ben throws his way in week two. Any thoughts? Yeah, um, Adam, because Wheaton has given has had the chance to be a number two wide receiver on that offense and has failed time and time again this is the fourth year in a row he's gonna fail to become the number two so i'm just gonna dump Wheaton in all my leagues and grab eli rogers because that's that's seven targets and he's catching six of them with 59 yards and one touchdown that's good and you have antonio brown over there d'angelo williams definitely worth a stash yep and then we have next up cole beasley who is owned in only five percent of leagues so he's probably available in, in in your league if you're listening to this here he had eight catches last week for 65 yards he didn't have a touchdown but he did have 12 targets uh i think the only person that that beat him out for the total number of targets was jason witten who i think he had 14 targets so dak prescott definitely leaning heavy on on cole beasley here what do you think about him moving forward well, I mean, Des Bryant's there. Eventually, Dak Prescott's going to realize he has one of the best wide receivers in the game. So, personally, I'm not going to touch him. If he does this again next week, I guess I'll be late to the game. Um, but I'm not I'm not going anywhere near him at the moment. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, he had a great week one. He's going up against the Redskins next week, who had 288 passing yards given up in week one. I'll definitely grab him if he's available. Um, I don't know if I would use a waiver spot on him. I might go ahead and wait to see if he if he clears waivers and it's just there on free agency. And if that's the case, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll pick him up and I'll put him on one of my teams. But to, to use my waiver positioning on him, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, same for same for the next player here, Jeremy Curley, who's owned in 1% of leagues. He had seven catches last week for 61 yards and zero touchdowns, but he did have 11 targets. Now, he's going up against the Carolina Panthers this week, who only gave up 159 yards passing. So, uh, doesn't look like it's, it's going to be a good outlook for him this week. Any thoughts on him? Wait, who are we talking about? We're fucking talking about Jeremy Curley. Oh, wow. I was reading about <laughs> Jesse James. Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I was looking up information about uh, Jesse James. So, um, Jeremy Curley. Yeah. Fuck. Way to have active listening there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So personally, um, seven catches a lot. 11 targets is a lot. Um, Yeah. Don't don't waste a waiver. I mean, everyone was talking about Torrey Smith and he kind of fell flat. But, you know, if you need a wide receiver and you're hurting, go ahead and grab him. But I'm not wasting a waiver on him. Waivers are too important to me. Yeah. uh, He he did have, like you said, 11 targets. Torrey Smith only had six targets. So he pretty much doubled everybody else's targets on that team. Torrey Smith was number two in targets with the six, but uh, Jeremy Curley was absolutely the favorite last night. Um, moving on to tight ends, Eric Ebron, he's currently <laughs> owned in 50% of leagues. He had five catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. He had, he caught off five of his targets, and he's going up against the Titans this week. You were What were you going to say about Eric Ebron? Didn't you have something to say about him earlier? 
Oh, no, I have nothing to say about it. It was just James I was talking about. Um, Eric Ebron, I'm a fan of. If you can grab him, grab him. If you are hurting, if Julius Thomas' injury proves to be serious. Or Zach Ertz's. Or Zach, which is probably going to be serious. Yeah, Eric Ebron's definitely worth worth it. Um, and if you have Jimmy Graham for whatever reason, whatever you were smoking, get Eric Ebron. I don't know. I don't know any other tight ends, but he's definitely – I would put him right in the Virgil Green – Vance McDonald area. He's definitely. I think he's more interesting than those guys because he is. I would more definitely. Vocal. Yeah, I would much rather have Ebron over Vance McDonald. Virgil Green had a pretty good week one, but I'd. Rather, I think I still rather have Eric Ebron in that. But case. That, but but, that, but that's the tier I have him in currently. Probably the head right. of the tier, but that's where he's at for me. Okay. All right. Uh, next up then is Jesse James, who's owned in thirty four percent of leagues. He had five catches for thirty one yards and no touchdowns. He did have seven targets. Now, what were you going to say about Jesse James? Well, he is Heath Miller light. Dale loves him. He's trading Delaney Walker because he believes in Jesse James for whatever reason. I believe Dale is loves losing games and wants him. Um, in my opinion, <laughs> grab him if you really, 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 really need him. But he ain't shit. Um, yeah, he's just going to be Heath Miller-like, and Heath Miller was a pro bowler because he can block and not because he can, not because he's the focal point of the offense. Yeah, we went over Heath Miller's fantasy stats when, when the whole Jesse James information came out. Um, I mean, let's see if he can go ahead and do it one more time, um, if he's able to go ahead and have if he if he does catches. If he does that again for 31 yards, I'm not going to add him. If he, he needs to do a lot more to be viable. <laughs> what if? Okay, so what if he has a stat line like four catches for 28 yards and a touchdown? No, no. I, I need, I need, I need yard. I need more yards than that. I need to see Looking. if the, if not over 50 yards and it's, there's no touchdowns. Like eh, he's just like an average tight end. Give me Charles Clay. He, there's a better chance he's going to get a touchdown than uh, Jesse James. I agree. Looking for a higher floor uh, as far as on the yardage goes. Speaking of uh, the higher floor, Kyle Rudolph, he's only 31% of leagues. He had four catches for 65 yards. That's more the kind of stat line you want to see from a tight end week in, yep. week out, with a touchdown sprinkled in every other week. Uh, but four catches, 65 yards, zero touchdowns. He had eight targets going up against Green Bay this week. Uh, I'd probably add Kyle Rudolph before adding Jesse James. Uh, do, oh, you yeah. think his, do you think his production is going to be any different with Sam Bradford instead of Sean Hill? Well, Sam Bradford doesn't love his tight ends. He did like him towards the end of last season. Um, I feel like Sam Bradford is going to target Kyle Rudolph when he does come into the fold because it's a new offense. Kyle Rudolph is a red zone beast. Um, so I think Kyle Rudolph is going to be interesting to start the season. He's, I think his numbers are going to go up. Um, if you are in a pinch of tight end or you're, you're going to be streaming tight ends, he's definitely worth a look, but nothing more than that. He's just a red zone target. I mean, those are a lot of yards for someone like Kyle Rudolph, who usually is just touchdown dependent, but – Eight targets. That's a lot more than Kyle Rudolph is used to. So let's see if we can help keep it going. Yeah. Anything else you want to go ahead and add about waivers here this week? That pretty much wraps it up for our players. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of interesting players this week. Personally, I mean, the biggest guy, I know we didn't actually talk about any of the San Diego wide receivers at all, actually. We should probably dip into that. Sure. Who are you thinking of? Well, there's two guys, Tyree Williams and uh, Dontrell Inman. Dontrell Inman did get the targets. But Williams did get the yardage. So it's a toss-up between which one you want to go with. They're both really, really interesting. They both don't have – I mean, Inman, Inman floated around a little bit last year as a possible starter, as, po- as possible pickup when Keenan Allen went down the first time and then when C.V. Johnson went down as well. So, I mean, Inman is more of a name you might know, but Tyree Williams did have the did have the yardage, so someone to keep track of. It's really, really interesting to see what happens over there. If you, if you want, grab them both. One of them is going to be viable as, as a starter, but it could be someone we've never heard of. Who fucking knows? James Jones might be coming back into the fold. We'll see. How about uh, Travis Benjamin? 
What kind of what, what do you think this does for his stock? He did have oh, seven catches last week. Yeah, he was he's fucking ridiculous. He's not a waiver wire pickup. He's owned in most leagues, but if you can get him, get him before he continues to grow because he's going to be fucking amazing. This helps yep. everyone in the offense completely. This helps Melvin Gordon. This helps Danny Woodhead. This helps Antonio Gates. Everyone else besides Keenan Allen is going to benefit. Oh, and Philip Rivers is going to hurt a little bit too. <laughs> All right. Well, that does wrap it up then for our waiver wire segment here. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the whole show. Anything else you want to go over? Anything you're looking forward to here this week? I'm just looking forward to go 6-0, and man. I'm, I'm fucking killing it. All my calls are going my way. I think this is my year to be a fucking champion. Yeah, I've got I've got Russell Wilson in the Legend League. i got to see what I do about that. Um, how funny, I also have Devontae Freeman in the Legend League, so it's not looking it's not looking too good right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I scored 126 points last week, and I lost, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, I scored 129 points in one sorry richard (laughs) (laughs) um yeah our other league our fantasy league i went up against christian i had 136 points he scored 141 to beat me so that that sucks so i had two i had two bad beats there um so hoping to turn it around this week yeah i'm I'm, i just score a lot of points i win a lot of games that's kind of how i do guys so if you want some good advice give me a -a ring-a-ding-ding that kind of kind of kind of rhymed <laughs> ring ring and ding usually do rhyme, yeah okay cool. <laughs> all right well uh yeah so i will hope everybody has a great rest of your night and we look forward to our next episode love you everyone don't right, do drugs night. or do drugs I'm scowling. Cherry red, chariot of scallions. We don't deal with money, only blood gets the crowd in. Lounging, free drinks by the fountain. Gold can't save you, but I know who died for your medallion. Code, black cat, black cat, black card. Quick, snatch that, you snatch that. Come with me, tell me just what you see. You say blood on the leaves, I say blood on the tree. Working the grave shift, yeah. somewhere in Vegas, yeah. making your payments yeah. till you get famous. Yeah. Flirting with filthy rags, careful she close the rap. Only way out the jungle is if you lie in the land, lie in the land. My my soul no lie, and we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town, then we take that town. Chains, poison inside the veins. Even if we was able, we still would cater the cane. Tense it outside the whip, cause you tense it inside the frame. Only two options be a slave to be free or be free to be a slave. I don't know. I'd probably be somewhere playing dominoes. Wanting what I didn't have, like six pack at dominoes. In Miami, passing on manna and boyo tropical. For me, it wasn't optional. When Asus said dominoes, yeah, he called that audible. Now you bump this audio in your five seater. We turn your speakers to preachers. We speak up to wake the creatures. Like run from the heat and turn around towards the lion that gives birth to the sheep. Yeah.
Oh, yeah.